Hello, listeners. This is Michael here. I just wanted to let you know that this episode, the F91 episode, ended up being pretty long. We got into it, and um, we just, you know, it just took a while, so... We did what any smart podcast would do. We decided to split it up into two episodes. So this is actually part one of our F91 recap and wrap-up episode. And then next week we'll have part two. So enjoy the episode, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Hello and welcome to Gundam I Hardly Know Him, the book club style podcast where we tackle every Gundam series, movie, and OVA in release order. I'm Michael and I'm joined by my two co-hosts who, through the power of love, hope, and their new type abilities, were able to find me lost in space. I've got Christian. Yeah, it was fucking hard, Michael. Don't do that. Don't ever do that again. Right? I can never do it again. I was just floating. I was just floating away, waiting for you guys to find me. And it was. We got Simon. It it was actually it was actually really easy to find you for me because because your fat ass was eclipsing the sun, bro. Whoa, dude! I'm so sorry. I heard that come out of my mouth, bro. I yeah. just wanted to let you know that you were. Just as hard to find as Christian stated earlier. I mean, like, and, the, like we've tackled a lot of really important issues on this podcast. Like we talked about farming. We've covered yeah. we've covered the M and M's and Santa Claus. We've talked about yeah. we've talked Jesus to Christ himself. We've talked extensively Lots about of Jesus Christ about yeah our relationship with faith and I think it's time for us to talk about bo- body positivity. Bro, yeah. okay, when I say you're fat ass, I was, like, talking about, like, you know, like, your dumb <laughs> truck of an ass. Like, 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 the, like, oh, like, yeah, like yeah, the rest yeah, yeah. of, like, like, oh, I like, like your ass that I, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, fat in, like, a way that's, like, sexual. Like, I want to just, yeah, like, yeah, I want to, yeah, like, yeah, get yeah. all up in it. That's right. But it was blocking the sun. Yeah. And they're, yeah. <laughs> what? Safe. <laughs> Safe. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, Welcome to Season 6, Episode 2, and today we are going to talk some more about um, our favorite anime movie, Gundam F91. Everybody agrees it's the best, and we love it. But before we get into the movie, before we talk about Mobile Suit Gundam, I want to give each of us an opportunity to talk about some non-Gundam-related things that we've been consuming um and kind of stuff that we have been watching or listening which we would recommend to the listeners because i don't know about you all but i feel like there's some things that i have really been enjoying but i haven't had an opportunity to to discuss them um so uh christian what have you been uh watching and or listening to i have been watching a crap ton of anime lately i've I've gone back into my anime phase um and weeb weeb <coughs> nerd 
fucking nerd. Um. Anyways, dude, I'm such a nerd. Uh, there's an amazing anime out. It's called To Your Eternity. Uh, I first came across this this beautiful piece of media through manga, and it was a great, you know, first volume was good, right? And then I just kind of put it down. And then the anime came out, and holy shit, dudes. Like, I'm not kidding you. Top five all time. One of the best. I would put it up there with the greats, all right? Everyone's got a set of greats in the mind. I'm not going to give you mine. Just think about it. It's up there. All right. It's that good. And then listening to, uh, I'm just coming off a really hardcore Pixies kick, like listening to the entire discography, you know, multiple times over. Just, just like not like earworm, like just can't get the sound out of my head. I finally. Yeah. Where is your mind? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. I got I got my feet on the air, my head in the ground. Um, but I I I, I, I tried this trick and it, it ended up working. Anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been dying to talk to another Pixies fan about about stuff, but I haven't. There's surprisingly, I mean, there are a bunch of them out there, but surprisingly not at the same time. Weird. Unfortunately. I am not one of them. Although I don't dislike the Pixies, I've just haven't ever really gotten into them outside of like the brief period where I think you and Alex and I were listening to them in high school. I don't, I don't like haven't really listened to them since. Maybe I will actually. This will be inspiration for me to give them another shot. Give it another shot because see what happens. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of that like post grunge era rock, um, I really resonate with, and I feel like the Pixies were kind of in there like. I don't know, around the same time as like Built to Spill and Dinosaur uh-huh. Jr. and a lot of post grunge music that I really like. So it's maybe just like a little bit more poppy than that. But I bet that like some of their deep cuts are probably pretty interesting. Oh, I like, seriously like um, yeah, people really they sometimes like call them like the godfathers of uh, um, and godmother of alternative uh, in a few sense, mm-hmm. like the the sound that they have especially with the come on pilgrim and surfer rosa is it's so weird and like out there and crazy but the i think what makes the pixies so amazing is the the way the music feels like it's about to go off like fly off the rails but it sounds amazing at the same time uh they like that's i think that's the the essence of the pixies to strike that balance so so beautifully but but yeah no i love the pixies awesome simon simon i love it i'll definitely check out the the anime but yeah i'm excited to to check that out for sure simon did you ever did you ever listen to the pixies no i didn't um hold on though i'm looking up so they have a song oh their whole album's called surfer rosa Mm -hmm. i see no I didn't, um, I don't really like grunge music at all. I think <laughs> it's bad. And my sister oh. loves this stuff. Like, she, like, will not shut the fuck up about Alice in Chains <laughs> and Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. And that's all I cared to listen to. But, um, I feel like I would like the Pixies. Because they're, yeah, um, they're, I think they're outside of the grunge. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, they're 
they're definitely like more post grunge they're pop kind of post punk how did they like um indie. market themselves to like the public were they like were they like we're the bad boys or were they like you can have us on at a family reunion or like no, how, no. like how were they trying to to like um have others perceive them and stuff like what was their whole bit they're they're probably like the like a proto indie band uh who like mm okay <sighs> How would I describe their vibe, Mister? They like they had a very punk. It would be like cool to be like, oh, I'm going to a pixie show in San Francisco, and it's 1992, and like. If, if you listen to their first couple albums, you kind of get what I'm talking about. They, uh, let Simon, let, let's let's hear about what you've been doing, what you've been consuming lately. To be completely frank, I didn't think anyone actually listened to the Pixies. So this has been like, because like in the back of my mind, they literally, my relationship with the Pixies is I would have like indie rock Pandora station on in like sixth grade or some shit. And then like the Pixies would come on every so often. And I'm like, oh, like it's this band, like this band exists, but it like only exists like within Pandora in which you're listening to like, you know, indie, like generic indie rock music. Um, But... I have been consuming The Bachelorette, and it's over now. I love The Bachelorette. I think it's one of the best, like, games on TV right now. Um, what about this season I also, in particular? Is it, have they outdone themselves, or is it par for the course? I really liked um, the main girl this season, um... Her name escapes me right now. I, that's the one thing about watching The Bachelorette. You have to be so good at knowing names because it's just a bunch of dudes that look the exact same. And I am already, like, I can barely remember y'all's names. So <laughs> Katie was her name. Katie. Katie. I loved Katie. Um, Katie was great. And there was this one dude. The highlight of this season for me is there's this one dude that was, like, he was very emo. Like, he was all, like, kind of sad all the time. But, like, Katie was, like, kind of into it because, like, you know how we are. Um, and like, he was like, you know, just like being like, oh, like, I just love you so much, like all this stuff. And like, up until the final three, like it, like Katie essentially told him like, yo, you're going to win. And then fucking my dude, like just started like, you know, being like, oh, if you want to like choose me now, then like, why don't you come home right now? Just like leave all these other dudes and all this stuff. And like started being like a total asshole. And I was Wait. embarrassed because, like, I was, like, kind of sticking up for him. I'm like, finally, mm-hmm. we're getting some representation in media, you know, like, emo boys. But um, he ended up being <laughs> a really stupid doo-doo brain. I also am uh, watching the shit out of The Sopranos right now. Um, so that's kind of, like, oh, the whiplash dude. that is my brain. I just, like, watched The Bachelorette, and I was like, oh, these people all seem very normal. And then I watched The Sopranos, <laughs> and then I become very scared of people again. Yeah. And how, then, how far... How far are you in? Season four, baby. Season four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It has a lot of Christopher um, putting needles between his toes, which I fucking hate. Yeah, not the best. Oh, God. Not the best. Not Um, my favorite season. Hi, hi, hi. As far as music goes, I'm kind of just listening to the same shit. Um, I started listening, um, like, during work. uh, Like, I've kind of, like, run out. uh, Like, I hate listening to music, like that like new music during work because then i'll just like go down rabbit holes and shit so like there's like a big community of like high schoolers that upload these midwest emo playlists on spotify and their titles are something like 
playlist for a girl that will never love me back and like the, <laughs> and the one image on it is just like an iphone image of like a suburban house with a sunset over it and there are like hundreds of these and each of them has a unique title of like the last time i thought of you will be the last time i think and just like the most like just like <laughs> insane Jesus. shit ever yeah exactly but it's all just like it, it it all has like bangers on it like it's just like all just like music it just kind of like all per- permutations of the music i currently listen to um uh, so uh. shouts out for those people uploading music illegally on youtube um <laughs> but and other than that, I am not consuming a lot of other media. What are you consuming, That's Michael? All That's all you need. Bachelorette, emo music, there you go. Well, Sopranos, um, the big three. Much like Simon, I am also watching The Sopranos. However, I'm on hey. season six. Uh, oh, whoa. Part, part B? Maybe like episode five or something like that. Wait, season six is divided into parts. Dude, yeah, they just like it's basically two seasons, but they like okay. it's like six A and six B, and they're both like twelve episodes. I don't understand why they did this. Holy but, shit! Um, it's going well, and now I think I'm at the point where I just like kind of want it to be over because yeah, like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a stressful show, and it's like not helping with like anxiety ever. It's just like anxiety no. inducing. <laughs> I've gotten into so, a really bad habit of watching it before bed, and like it's like I can't go to sleep for like within an hour of finishing an yeah. episode of The Sopranos. Because, I like, like am so excited to watch fucking Gundam again after finishing oh this season, God. where I can just watch like anime before bed instead of watching like soft brain fucking, time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to like a good pairing with that is I am in love with Ted Lasso. And season two is mm. coming out right now. I think Ted Lasso is one of the best shows on television. I keep hearing really good things it's about so that good. show. I mean, it's about soccer, oh. too, which is, like, obviously, it's, right. like, my the, my biggest passion. So it, it's, like, it's loosely about soccer, but it's mostly about just, like, being a positive person and, um, you know, helping people around you. And I think it's something that's, like, so, like, everything we consume is so cynical like oh, I know. fucking commercials are cynical like everything is cynical <laughs> or like yeah. or like it's so fucking poorly sentimental that you're cynical about it because it just That's pisses so you true. off so or it's, just, it's like low enough production quality that you're like fuck this they, yeah. i see what they're going for but like they exactly. didn't do it right so yeah. like, in these troubled oh times <laughs> i was watching uh mayor of east town on hbo it's like uh it's like a dark crime mm-hmm. drama type dealio but it was like man i was like this fucking bringing me down it reminds me of yeah. all the miserable people out there i'm trying to help out you know it's like man, why do i want to watch this right now yeah. <laughs> like immersed in this shit fucking, all day yeah. at work <laughs> every every show it's like this show's actually about the human condition and about how we're like predisposed to like look out for ourselves it's just like I'm fucking sick of that. I want to watch. It's like I show live like that, that shit every day of my life. Yeah. It's like nothing, like no content that you're going to make is going to make me have any revelations about like how yeah. I experience life constantly. Like, yeah. well, God, I I started feeling like I was started sticking into that mood. Like, mm-hmm. man, yeah, every everything is kind of depressing, and most Americans live these shitty lives, or they're you know 
trying to survive, pay bills and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, God, like, is, is, are people in America really all that happy or are we all just fucking miserable and we try to overcompensate by saying we're the best country in the world? <laughs> That's like literally why I think people become like conservatives. Like, they're just like, I'm like, fuck my life. I'm just going to like fuck up everybody else's life now. And then they like, <laughs> I don't know. It's a pipeline. But... Um, anyway, we don't have to talk about that kind of stuff anymore. Let's talk. Um, so yeah, Ted Lasso. Talk about happy stuff. Um, I also am really enjoying this series on YouTube by a uh, fella named Seth Fowler, and he's building a uh, sneaker collection out of twenty dollars. He basically started with a twenty dollar bill, and he is oh. uh, building a sneaker he's one collection. One of those kits. Um, yeah. By, by buying and selling, and it's something that I look forward to every week because it's just like um, I'm living vicariously through this gentleman finding deals. Yeah. Um, you have you have no fiscal claim to anything exactly. no risk yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it's just it's like really uh like a nice uh little break from the work day like when it pops up that it, it's come out for the week i was just like stop what i'm doing at work and just uh take a little 20 minute break uh, um and as far as music goes uh isaiah rashid uh released now i'm called the house is burning uh, which is really good. And then Skepta released an EP called All In. If you all are into hip-hop, both of those are excellent. But it's also just been a really strong like month and a half for hip-hop because Vince uh, Staples released his album, which has been pretty consistent rotation, as well as Tyler's album as well. So a lot of really good hip-hop is coming good out. Good shit going on. I've been on a hip-hop break. Not that I have anything opposed to it, just mm-hmm. like I go through genre phases i might i'm probably gonna circle back to it here in a little bit but yeah uh, all right i'll have to check that out that sounds good yeah isaiah rashid i think you would really like it's a really good stylistically um i don't know really interesting no uh, i think he's out of california i would assume because he's on top dog entertainment i believe is the label he's on but um i really like that there's if you like want something east coast i found this older album called hot and ready um and i can't remember the artist off the top of my head but it's really good like east coast like kind of skateboard rap kind of similar to like pro era stuff so i love east coast yeah anyway yeah anyway that's stuff that i've really been enjoying and i'm glad that we get to share we should do that more frequently because um i don't know i mean we gotta we gotta nerd out we gotta nerd out. the whole logic of this podcast is that like we have good taste in things (laughs) like the podcast (laughs) falls apart the second that we admit that we have bad taste in things. So, like, I don't know. This goes with it very well. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> before we get into the movie and we talk about F91, one of the things I want to do as a challenge for all three of us is, in the most succinct and simplest oh. way, I want you to oh. tell me the plot of this movie. So, challenge. dumb it down. Like, you're explaining it to somebody uh who has not watched a lot of gundam and in the most succinct and easy way explain to me the plot and you see christian you have it lucky because it's like you know michael like used to spawn like fucking like <laughs> recap with simon or whatever the fuck on me look how, <laughs> oh, dude, what? Look how patient he's practice. being now <laughs> <laughs> you, you got yeah at least you got you're warmed up to this that's well, true i got I, I got some buzzwords <laughs> yeah exactly but because because we always do this to simon i'm going to start with christian here christian in the simplest terms possible what's the plot of this movie this is off the top of the dome, everybody. Yeah, Here it goes. yeah, of course. Uh, so 
there's a war between uh, two factions, one on Earth, one in space, and uh, these kids get mixed up in it, and one of these kids actually happens to be the queen of uh, one of the sides in this war. And then, uh, you know, drama ensues. And it's it's a family drama, it's uh, war drama, it's human drama, and it's in space. And uh, yeah, some robots get mixed in there every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. And they shoot beams, they they do things, and then there's this crazy guy with a mask. <gasps> All right, and he happens to be the, the 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 father of the princess, and he's got his own schemes, right? He's got his mass murder schemes because he's he's been cut and uh, he can't get over it, and uh, it made him real sad and angry, and he had to put on a mask on for the rest of his life, and he basically caused. All the issues that our protagonists were dealing with throughout the whole movie, and um, yeah, Christian, yeah. I, that's pretty good. Uh, but Simon, what what do you have in in the most succinct, simple terms? What is Mobile Suit Gundam F ninety one about? An, an unlikely band of heroes get together to save their town. <laughs> Simon just gave up. He's like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> Let me die in peace. Um, I think the only thing to add to Christian's recap is the whole, like, I don't know. I feel like when I was watching it this time, the whole, like, refugee subplot stuck out to me more. Like, they're trying to save, like, a large... They're, they're trying to save... Because... Okay. I don't know. There's a lot I don't understand about this movie still, but it's about <laughs> some kids. You're not who, the only one, dude. Like I, it. I don't know. It's just like I felt like, like I, in in in. It's not even specific to this, um, Gundam movie. But I feel like in a lot of Gundam movies, there is this timer of destroying a physical location, yeah. and nobody really knows why. No. They just know it's going to be destroyed. Exactly. After, and, like, that's all they know. And that, it, it makes it hard to be like, okay, of course, like, the protagonists want to leave the location and bring as many people as they can out of the location with them because that's just, like, you know, saving lives or something. Um, But, yeah. I think just, like, group of kids that you know, aren't traditionally trained, had to learn how to fight really quickly, and they kind of slowly realize how they all are incorporated into the war, which is, like, kind of a big thing, because, like, Seabass's, like, mom or some shit, like, was a scientist or something, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, and I think that's another pattern for a lot of Gundam movies, of, like, the kids are like, oh, I have no stake in this, and then it kind of, like, is revealed that they do have a stake in it, because, like their older family does but i don't know christian had a good recap i think yeah so um this is the wikipedia quick uh synopsis the year is uc uc 0123 to accommodate the growing population 
the Earth Federation has built new space colonies. However, the Crossbone Vanguard decides to seize these colonies to help establish an extraterrestrial empire. Now, a reluctant hero, Seabook Arno, and his Gundam F-91 must lead a fierce struggle for survival. Um, I guess that's what the movie's about, to be honest. Well, like, well, like what does struggle for survival mean? Yeah. I feel like every day in my fucking life I'm going through a struggle for survival, and I have to, like, <laughs> yeah. go to Fred Meyers in order to, like, you know, remedy it. Like, I don't know. That's... Yeah. I don't know. It's a hard fucking Come movie. Come on, Simon. Think about <laughs> Afghanistan right now, kid. That's true. What if, dude, what if I was one of those guys? I have a really easy life. One of those life. guys who's like, fucking, who's like, always has to bring it down. Be like, hey, what about Bro, my mom Africa, used to do that man. shit to me. That's like, exa- like, every time I'm like, dude, I just like don't want to go to soccer practice. My mom's like, have you heard of Africa? It's like, yes, mom, I've heard of Africa. There's a lot of countries in Africa, too, all with individual problems. Fucking pick one. Like, I don't... I used to I get, yeah, know. my parents would literally do the same thing. I would get so mad. I'd be like, you can't just, like, blanket say Africa. That's a fucking continent. Like, you're yeah, so exactly. frustrating. Anyways. Just think about Africa, okay? Also, explaining Gundam to people is kind of funny because, like, the Wikipedia article kind of did it in which it, like, started with, like, people don't live on Earth anymore. They live in these weird colonies and, like, there's also robots that exist and, like, all this other shit that you need to be, like, before any of this is going to make sense, like, you have to understand, like, the universe that it's in. Like, the synopsis described the movie, but it did, did not no. describe them. I, <laughs> yeah, no. at all. <laughs> and I think that that's like why I wanted to kind of do this little exercise before we talk about the movie is because like at the end of the day, my I don't think the plot of this movie fucking matters. No, 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 Because if you, yeah, if if you think it matters, then like you're in for a rude awakening. Because the 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 plot, like watch it again and get back to me. Yeah, the the plot is very thin and um not very succinct and not easy to talk about. So that being said, uh one of the things that we're gonna do differently about this season is we are not gonna do a beat by beat beat by beat breakdown of the story. Thank fucking God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of shit about this movie that like I love. Like that's like really cool, but that's not one of them. Uh, the inst- movie is not one of them. Instead, uh I I've broken the movie down into three sections the opening, 25 minutes, uh the middle, and then the ending. And we'll just talk about uh, kind of the very, very broad strokes of what happens and then get into to some of the details we liked and didn't like in the section. I love that, Michael. And then at the end, uh, we'll just talk about the general um, breakdown of animation, music, reception, stuff like that, which we normally do uh, when we review these series. Uh, but before that, the breakdown of kind of the background of this movie's creation uh, the movie was released in 1991, hence F91, I guess. Um, the creator, uh, our favorite guy, Mr. Tomino, he wanted to launch a new Gundam saga set 30 years after Shar's counterattack. Uh, he reteamed up with character designer uh, Yushikaza Yushiko and mecha designer Kuniya Okawara for the occasion. Uh, the movie was first released in Mar- at March 16th, 1991. Um, it was supposed to be a full series, but uh, they ended up cutting it down to thir- from like 50 episodes to 13. 
and then eventually they cut it from this 13 episode series into a two-hour movie i don't know if you all can tell that but i definitely can um because again plot i mean it certainly felt that way (laughs) yeah um how depressing would that be as an animator of like you spent like the past like eight months just like frame by frame animating shit and they're like no we're gonna use like 10 percent of that man (laughs) oh my god could you imagine so like let's say if it was a series that means the first 25 minutes would have been episode one could you imagine how good of a fucking first episode that would have been yeah because it's like like the first 25 minutes is like unrelenting action it's so Mm -hmm. good yeah and it's definitely the best part of the movie in my opinion and so like if that was episode one of like 50 episodes that would have been such like a you know get on the front foot and like would have been so interesting to build something around well, how much of it was redrawn? Because the the level of animation is is freaking incredible throughout the entire movie. I know. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, like that. That I don't know. I would assume that like they probably found out pretty quickly it was going to get cut down. So they probably. I mean, like I didn't really notice anything like a big quality dip in as far as the animation style. But what we did notice is a major quality dip in the pacing of the plot. Um, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. There's like parallels to like, it kind of reminded me of like Game of Thrones, like the last two seasons where it was just like, at the end, they were like, I'm really tired of making this. So everything's going to happen all at the same time. <laughs> good, <laughs> good luck interpreting it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that too, like, I think by now, if you've been hanging out with Tamano, you kind of, you don't really care about the plot so much anymore. I don't yeah. think. Like, I mean, you kind of got to know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. I mean, that although you do have a point, right? If if the intention was that they had this 50 episode anime going on and they crammed it into a two hour movie, uh, yeah, plot's gonna have some issues. But I guess I guess there are ways around that. But you know, I guess there's a difference between like the intention was. It was supposed to have this succinct plot, and it was supposed to be, you know, the launching pad to this new, or, you know, this brand new Saga and Gundam. Um, or, this is my style. I don't have a linear way of telling my story. It's like, you know, sometimes I feel like it's a, a docudrama. Like, mm-hmm. it's just documenting these events and, like, this conflict. Um, and the plot doesn't really matter, because events are just going to keep happening, right? Um <clears throat> So yeah, I mean, what have you? But yeah, no, the plot is is yeah, and messy. Yeah, definitely. It's also funny. Like, I feel like this is a story that we tell before, like we cover any series. It's just like, what was the intention, and this is how it actually turned out. It was like, cause like Char, like originally with Double Zeta, like Char was supposed to be a big character in that, and that was like the plan for Double Zeta, and then yeah. they ended up getting Char's counterattack made. And then, like, the continuity between those two makes absolutely zero sense. Um, And I feel like, I don't know, it's just, again, like, the organization around the creation of these, like, probably wasn't that great um, as far as, like, Mm. funding different stories. But, I don't know, it just kind of makes them unique, I guess. Because, I mean, like, we ended up with Double Zeta, which I think we, I think we all agree is our favorite, or if not, like, our second favorite, so... It's, yeah, it definitely it's turns out in our favor. There. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
Uh, one of the interesting things about this movie is that it is one of the last stories in the UC timeline. So out of the timeline of Universal Sanctuary, only Victory Gundam and uh, G-Savior, the uh, Canadian live-action movie, are later in the timeline. <laughs> so this takes place uh, This takes place after Shars Counterattack, after Hathaway's mm. Flash, and after a bunch of other stuff we'll watch at some point. Um, so, okay, so Hathaway is before preceded F9. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, ha- so um, mixed up. Unicorn and Narrative Gundam and Hathaways all happened before this. So this is okay. Like, and th- I think that's one of the things that's most interesting about it, as far as the design perspective, is that because it, it's set so far in the future, that's why the technology's kind of changed, which I thought was interesting. Um, it makes it stand out because like. The beam shield is something that you don't see. In yeah, the other that was series. the main thing. Yeah. yeah, that's the main thing I noticed. It was like, oh, yeah, and it, like it may be one of the only things that really like is a signal of how far it is in the yeah. future, I guess. And I guess like yeah, the beam like flag that they had in the last battle uh-huh. was like pretty cool. And then um, I think that also is like a signal as to why the kind of design of things is different like with the um enemy mobile suits the kind of zaku look inspired mobile suits they they have the the different eyes and kind of mm-hmm. different look so i think that's kind of like why it has such a interesting artistic like um i don't know look i guess something different um but Let's jump in to the uh, the first 25 minutes. So this is what I is calling the opening section. Uh, so the opening starts with the Crossbone Vanguard infiltrating the colony, and it ends with Cecily Fairchild captured by her old family uh, and taken back uh, to the Crossbone Vanguard home area, home base. Um, it also ends with Seabook, who ends up being our main character. He is shot. And him and his friends are on a lifeboat uh, floating away from the colony. Uh, Simon, what did you think about the opening of F91? Uh, I thought it was really good and intense. Um, I Holy am especially shit. referring to the scene in which uh, they end up seeking refuge inside of that old museum. And then they like storm uh-huh. out on the tank. And that kid just dies. Yeah. And like they like... <laughs> Which, like, also is, like, I, I thought I, like, found a similar trope with, like, horror movies of, like, the second they bring, it like, <laughs> yes. a, a single the fucking, only black like, the only black character just <laughs> fucking first, first ten minutes, gotta get out of there. We almost did it, Gundam. We were so close. We'll get him next time. I was, I was thinking that the whole time. Me I was too. like, this kid's gonna die. This kid's gonna yeah, die. Yeah, I mean, like, sure enough. But I, uh... As soon as you I don't the bazooka. Know. <laughs> yeah. But... I mean, I really like the it. I think the first building collapse, like there was a inside shot of like when that uh, mobile suit crash landed on the roof, and then the whole thing just like collapsed on those people. And yeah. I thought that that was a really good pacing thing because usually it, um, in the past, it kind of like builds up to actually like seeing civilian casualties. It's like at the climax of the fight, like you see, you know, like the, you know, people get caught in a blast yeah. or something. But that it was just like beauty pageant and they're just like wait what was that and then like immediately it's just like showing people like die is like really really close up which is i mean like it is anime so i think like it doesn't have the same effect of like 
you know, a war movie where you're, they, they really, like, you know, focus on, like, death and shit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and, like, I don't love seeing too much of that in movies because it's, like, obviously upsetting to see. But, it, like, I got, it, it was reminiscent of that. It um, definitely matters how, how it's executing that, right? So, like, if, if it's, like, just uh, violence porn, then it's, you know, there's a weird fetishizing way the camera yeah. zeroes in on that but with this it's totally different right it's like it's more of it's putting it in your face yeah but not in a way that is celebrating what's happening totally because it's like i mean it's not like the um you know the enemy just like blasting these people with uh you know like guns and shit it's like all of this like second all this like secondary you know uh like results and shit it might have been some, like, weird homage to something that I didn't understand, but, like, why the fuck were they having, like, a beauty patch in? And, like, they, yeah. this, like, weird drama that was never circled back to of, like, I don't want to be here. It's like, well, you gotta be. And I then think, they just, like... Yeah, I think that was just establishing that uh, Cecily Fairchild is, like, obviously the most be- the most beautiful and, like, the most respected person in the community. Okay. Like, of course Cecily Fairchild's yeah. gonna win. She doesn't want to be on a pedestal. She doesn't want to be, and that's also like that's like that little bit of conflict where you could kind of be like, you could kind of plant the seed that if the story was told told well, that like she has this sort of friction with her friends where they want to put her on a pedestal or like want her to be a certain person that she's not or something. Maybe Mm -hmm. that could help like inspire the reason why she leaves her friends to you know or accepts this role as a queen right right Right. yeah it fits the motif of her all these responsibilities foisted on her just like her mom who Mm -hmm. ran away from those responsibilities and so she's trying to navigate yeah 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 Yeah, but i agree that it makes no fucking sense in this movie but that's like what i feel like they could have done in in the scenario that it was 13 episodes or some shit like that yeah uh the third time through it makes sense you know (laughs) everything exactly yeah um I like, yeah, I really think that the first 25 minutes, this opening is, it's like clearly the best part of this movie. And it it might be one of, in my opinion, one of the best parts of Gundam that we've seen so far. In my opinion, I, like, I just think it's really good. I think the opening graphic, uh, graphics and animation are great. Um, and it really draws you in and gives you a sense of danger, like with the enemy mobile suits moving through the colony there's that section where uh seabook's dad like hears um the federation guys like colony security like basically giving up immediately because they're like we're overwhelmed and there's no point um which kind of gives like a sense of dread to the to the situation and then it's like the first 25 minutes it's like a a mix of like james bond uh, opening sequence and like a disaster movie like combined and i love that i love the energy of like it's like perfect storm fucking like twister or some shit like they're just trying to survive and at that point they're not heroes they're not like these special kids like they're just trying to survive and i feel like that was the best part of the movie was because like nobody there were nobody was entrusting them for any responsibilities really they were just trying to run away they didn't want to help anyone except for themselves yeah and it was like yeah. the most human kind of it's really about the human condition is what we're getting it's to. It's really <laughs> it's really about the human. No, but it is. I was like, watch it. Think about, man, I would feel so helpless in this situation. I'd probably be one of those dudes that gets brained by a 
stray shell. Oh, yeah, we're not making it out of that. We're not, we're not the protagonist. But... I'd be one of the dead guys, man. <laughs> Flying out the giant hole in the colony with the cows and the dogs and every cats and everything else. For sure. But, like, I mean... In this op- in these opening scenes, there's so many little details um, that I feel like really gave a sense of danger and like how big the mobile suits felt. Like, I mean, there's the the obvious section where that lady gets hit by the the casing of the shell and she dies, and that that was the baby's mom. That's brutal. And then um, there's a section where one of the GMs crashes and its hand is spinning. Did you all? see that where like it's basically lost control and it just like was causing like destruction um and i i don't know i just felt like they made it's something that we praised about hathaway as well is that the mobile suits felt big and scary not like just like toys i guess and they felt go ahead they felt like they should like big scary death machines right and there's and then there's a little off, you know, in, in terms of details, there's like little offhanded comments that will like little side characters will make like, you know, why are the Federation fighting them out here? They're only causing more destruction, which is like, yeah, it's another little throwaway comment. But it adds that little world building mm-hmm. detail. It's like, oh, yeah, the Federation is is incompetent about how they go about things in a lot of ways and they don't care about putting civilian lives in danger. And so, yeah, it plays into that, you know, the disaster movie survival situation, you know? Uh, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of little beautiful little details that, that are thrown in the opening. Totally. Um, so Christian out of like, obviously in this beginning, we're, in, we're introduced to our ensemble, our ensemble of characters. Uh, ensemble. Um, what did you think about like all these characters that were introduced to, and did any of them stand out to you as like interesting characters? Um, you know that, like, if I mean I like C book, I like I like the the characters, but there's not really a whole lot of character development that happens in the movie so i don't i don't really feel too much of an emotional connection with with any of them really yeah if if, if i really think about it you know if i'm being Mm -hmm. honest with myself um i felt like you and i I were both against them i feel like you and i were both like pretty accepting as of c book but the second watch through i was really like c book's a nothing character to be honest like absolutely there's nothing to his personality it's frustrating how much praise he gets throughout the movie for doing just like i don't know like does he even know who like amaro is like he's doing like (laughs) he's doing mid shit like i don't know and it also seemed like all the friends it was like there's loud friend and girlfriend and friend Baby friend with friend. glasses yeah exactly yeah could any of you not unsee steve harrington from stranger things with the friends with glasses no i didn't i didn't make that that oh. connection yeah me neither <laughs> um, anyway <laughs> i i think i know you i think i get what you're saying but uh, yeah, okay, i didn't make yeah, that connection yeah. until now you don't you don't need to pity me it's okay <laughs> no i just think like <laughs> Seabook clear like at the beginning of the movie, I feel like he is kind of supposed to be more of like a judo type, where he's kind of like, with like the way he's treating Cecily, he's kind of rough around the edges. 
And then it seems like as the movie goes on, he just like th- nothing changed necessarily about like what happened to him, but he kind of just becomes a sterilized character. Kind of like, just gets more and more responsibility. And yeah. then like that is supposed to be character development. It's like, no, like yeah. you're just the same person, but you're just being like pushed through this pipeline of Gundam main character that we've seen a million times before. Like, yeah. There's one moment, and it's the very beginning when I think it's Kevin was his name, where he's like crying over his dead body, and yeah. Cecily basically tells him to get over it and keep moving because they have to survive. And so he like gets up, stops crying, and that was it, right? <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> that was the major, like one of the only major emotional turning points for C book and. Uh, yeah even though there was all this super interesting drama with his family, you know, mm. that we never, we, we got into some of it, but yeah, you know, it's not like there was nothing there to work with. Yeah. I think that like, it's like, I don't know. He's like Camille at home. Like he's just like a frozen Camille at home you want to go Dude, to his yeah. mom actually looks like camille i like i had it <laughs> yeah. like, i went away and like i came back to the tv and like the frame was on with his mom i'm like what the fuck like they're not allowed to do this <laughs> um yeah could Seabook realistically be uh camille's grandbaby maybe Dude, camille doesn't fuck you know this yeah you know this I don't right. think after He's Camille's accident, his dick life. ever worked again. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Is that, that why was he's, the like, end so the... sad all the time? Because <laughs> <laughs> his dick doesn't work. <laughs> all of Double he Zeta, could... it's, just... it's just that his dick doesn't work. That's why he's just sitting in bed. <laughs> That's why he never shows up. <laughs> he having a hard time separating his personality from his uh, sexuality. Dang. Bummer. Um, Dang. Bummer. So uh, the the middle section of the movie. This is the the longest. Most of the movie is what I'm calling the middle section, um, and, and this starts with marathon. Uh, <laughs> let's go. It starts with a uh, a song. It's kind of like they kind of have like their own little opening song there. Um, to be honest, it's probably the least memorable out of all of the opening songs we've had. I mean, of course, I'm only hearing it once, but it, I don't know. It sounded good, but to be honest, not much to really write home about. Um, and then we are introduced through Cecily, uh, through Seabook's friend Cecily, uh, to the Crossbones Vanguard, and they're the bad guys of the story. Um, and then we have Seabook and the other kids from the beginning of the movie, and they end up at a Federation ship where the F-91 Gundam is being repaired or being like put together, I guess. Uh, and that kind of thrust the the two characters into their specific specific pools. Like Cecily is now the heir to the throne of Crossbones Vanguard, whatever that means. And then Seabook just becomes like the reluctant hero of the Federation. Um, and that's kind of like the the thrust of the narrative for for the rest of. So, Michael, to interject here, the mm-hmm. Crossbones is one faction within the new babylon cosmos right isn't that what it's called yeah cosmos babylon or whatever it's called that's an overarching organization that crossbones is one faction within that or is that wrong or um 
Or is Crossbones <sighs> the overarching organization? That's hmm. a good question. Because like in the beginning of the movie, they're introduced as the Crossbones Vanguard is attacking. Um, so to be honest with you, I don't know. I know that like Cecily Fairchild, whatever her name is, like her granddad and her dad want to start Cosmo Babylonian. So I think Cosmo Cosmos Babylonia is like their um is their Xeon kind of. So that's right. probably the overarching thing. It's like their side six, their like new world order kind of uh-huh. thing. And so that yeah, I guess yeah, Crossbones yeah. Vanguard would be like, yeah, a subset out of that. But for all intents and purposes, I'm just going to call them Crossbones Vanguard because I can't say Cosmo Babylonia a thousand times. It's a lot more hard to say. Yeah, well, this is a Crossbones, baby. <laughs> Crossbones is cool. Like, it's a lot cooler now. It's cool. Um, and so one of the one of the things that um, really stuck out the second watch through was that most of the plot of this movie is given through exposition, um, kind of like uh, between two like just random people so like say like there's two pilots one of them would be like hey look out for those thrusters we don't want to destroy this colony it's going to be part of cosmos babylonia the new world for the crossbones <laughs> vanguard and it's like that's how we're supposed to find out about like the, the whole plot is like through like these random where like both of these characters would have the same information and know the same things but for some reason, just for they our gotta sake, tell each other. They, they gotta they gotta really go in depth. If I was like, hey Simon, uh don't forget that after school today, we need to record that podcast together with our friend Christian. You know, our podcast that we have, the three oh, of yeah. us, me, you the and podcast Christian. that we release weekly, in which we discuss um several different Gundam franchises as well as um the occasional off movie. I yes. love that. Yeah, I can't wait podcast. to discuss that after school today. And that's how... Dude, that's we... the part of the show that I usually just tune the fuck out, to be completely honest, which is dangerous, because if you tune it out while watching this movie, you truly understand nothing. Exactly. Um, not but... no shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Those are the parts that it's typically throwaway dialogue that doesn't matter, but that is literally the only way to get any of the actual story of this, which is why Christian and I have to have this conversation about who the fuck is the bad guy and what are they called and what are they trying to do? Because we don't fucking know because it's so convoluted and it's delivered in the worst possible way, but I still really enjoy it. Um, and I can't explain that, but one of the things I really want to talk about <laughs> and probably the thing I'm most excited to talk about is, um, can you all tell me, so Corozo Iron Mask. That that's Corozzo. like Corozzo Iron Mask. He's a fucking Sopranos character. But can do, do either of you want to remind me of the um why is he doing what he's doing? Like what is his what is his Iron story? Mask, dude? Is <laughs> hard face. Hard hard face. He has big tentacle mobile suit. That's it. That's, that's it he, i don't know he probably wants some like world domination shit or something but why because don't you no don't do, oh. it's, because, it's because he was cucked that's was his cucked. whole origin Dude, story that's not he wasn't that cucked. Was what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> yes, he was is. cucked 
She was Dude. present while his partner was having sex with somebody else? Yes, Theo. Yeah, what? essentially. What? <laughs> what the fuck are you guys talking about? Are you fucking with me right you now? You didn't see that part? <laughs> I didn't see the part where he was unconsensually witnessing his partner having sexual intercourse with somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, so this dude runs away with his wife, and apparently oh. that brought a lot of shame upon him. Uh, he so much shame hey. that he has to kill everybody on Earth. Hey. You fuck my wife, I fuck your world. Ugh, I fuck gabagool. your well, not on Earth, but I guess I don't know. Well, my favorite part about his story is that um, at one point he's talking to Cecily, and he's like, "Yeah." Theo ran away with my wife and basically cucked me. But we're cool now. Like, we have reconciled. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, bro. I'm sure. <laughs> we're homies. And then, like, like 30 minutes later, he fucking kills Theo. Just, like, very nonchalantly. But you never see how. He just <laughs> <No>. falls over. <laughs> oh, okay, Theo, he's a weird motherfucker, okay? So when he yeah. first, like... We skipped over this in the first act, but so he's the one who actually captures Cecily and hands her over to the crossbones. Uh, and as he's doing so, cackles in this weird villain laugh, even it's though he's, he's just a normie a... ass dude. He's just yeah. like a fucking civilian. Like yeah. he means he's nothing. Been her surrogate father for most of her life. Yeah, and now he's like some evil what? genius. <laughs> yeah. <it> makes... <laughs> It's so fucking weird. We're supposed to believe that this what? guy cucked Iron Mask? No, it makes no, no sense. Yeah. He definitely lied about it, and then he realized Dude. that he got himself into, like, he's like, fuck, like, now I'm in this, like, weird love triangle where, like, one of the people wants to destroy the world, and, like, I yeah. can't come out and say that I didn't <laughs> cuck him now. He looks like, like a sniveling worm, and Iron Mask looks fucking built like a Chad. It makes no sense that Iron Mask would no get sense. cucked by that virgin. It makes no sense at all. <laughs> Dude, shut the fuck up, Michael. <laughs> Uh, actually, Theo had a really huge dick. I mean, you never know it. But he Cecily's mom, just like definitely didn't have that Camille problem. No, 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 no. Did not Maybe Cecily's mom like really opposite. liked like uh like twinks, and like it wasn't like it was too much for her. The big iron mask, or maybe he like did it. He maybe like never took the mask off. So like that would that like might have played into it. I don't know. Was Theo the one that was like driving the little bakery truck? Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I, I love that shit. That reminded me of the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, good call. What a good that's movie. it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's that's the end of my take or whatever yeah. the fuck we want to call it. Opinion. Whoa. <laughs> Your opinion. Never ever say that word in this space. Never. Everything's a take. Everything's a bit like yeah, everything's a take. <laughs> Take it. How <laughs> um, would have the Grand God. Budapest Hotel changed if there was a mobile suit in it? Um, who I think that um, fucking Ray Fines would have been the pilot, and that would have been oh, great. that would have been sick as shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be another it. episode. Yeah. Oh my God. Bellboy love... shaped Gundam. Life Aquatic, that... but it's just mobile suits. <laughs> <laughs> I think Life Aquatic is canonically part of the UC timeline. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy real riveting stuff 
But um, as I said earlier, we're going to cut this episode into two parts. So I think we'll wrap it up there, and we'll come back next week for the second half of our wrap-up episode of F91. Thank you guys for listening. Please do us a favor. Look, we we make this content. That's right. It's content. We make this stuff. And uh, we don't get any money. All we ask is that you please leave us a rating and review because it really helps the show out. Please, we beg of you. Anyway, we'll see you next week with the next uh, half of this episode. Bye.